Okay. Good morning. Um, unlike most other seminars we've attended, we're not going to go around and introduce each other and be everybody's fucking friend. And I, I don't give a shit about that, and you shouldn't either. So I don't care where you're from, although we have a lot of different places covered here. Um, Malaysia, Singapore, Canada by way of India. Pakistan. Pakistan, okay. Uh, Germany, uh, English, uh, Austrian, which really is by way of Hitler, but anyway, that's another story. Uh, Romanian gypsy, uh, more than one, uh, three Romanian gypsies, a priest, um, uh, a, a wannabe from uh, um, New York City by way of Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico, someplace, someplace where everybody's poor, and, uh, <laughs> and, and the U.S. <clears throat> Um, we're going to cover a lot of material, uh, and um, as, we, as we'll point out, uh, ostensibly this is my last gig, uh, and we're filming it. And uh, I'm not going to—I won't try to embarrass you, but I will. Uh, and um, individually, just because once I figure out your buttons to push, I'll push them. And um, but. We're going to have a real learning experience for the next uh, six days and uh, approximately 60 hours. And so uh, the, um, you can ask me a question anytime you want. But just so we understand one another, I do believe there are dumb questions. So if you ask me a dumb fucking question, I will make sure that you understand it's a dumb question and everybody else in the room will understand it's a dumb question. Because I don't believe that there are no dumb questions. Because if you're paying attention, and some of you have been here one two, three, nine, ten, eleven times. So if you don't fucking get it then, you're never fucking going to get it and you shouldn't be paying me money again. You should just go put a bullet in your mouth, a gun in your mouth and blow your fucking brains out. And we do have a gun here that we can facilitate that. And it wouldn't be bad, it'd be like a snuff film. We could do it and videograph it and show the back of your brain's going all over And you could give them a little last rites before. Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. Uh, first, um, the movie last night, Too, uh, too Big uh, to Fail, is a metaphor for this <coughs> seminar, and it's about the financial crisis 2008-2009 and how the government attempted to bail everybody out. And if you remember the closing scenes, the Treasury Secretary is standing there in the window he was a bird watcher, by the way, if you remember from the beginning of the movie. In real life, he is a bird watcher. And he says, gee, now, I hope that the banks are going to lend the money out and put it out in the system, which, of course, they haven't. Now, I'm a believer that the country and the world would not have gone bankrupt if uh, the government hadn't bailed them out. I believe in supply and demand in the marketplace to work things out. I also don't believe in global warming. 55,000 years ago, it was hotter here than it is today on the planet. But that's a whole other story. But you should be in the position, and the reason we used that movie, we used to use the movie Rudy the first day, um, with who I happen to know, Rudy Rudiker, the famous guy that played football for 20 seconds in Notre Dame after trying for seven years, because we want you to think in bigger numbers. Some of you think in numbers that aren't even before the decimal, uh, that are only after the decimal point, not before the decimal point. Does everybody understand that for Shane? Okay. So, um, but it's a good movie. 
it's fairly accurate, it's fairly um, um, factual, uh, and, um, but it shows how the federal government can bully people. The British government's no different. I thought it was rather unique because the British government said, no, we can't allow the Barclays deal to do goodbye, actually, because we have to give a shareholder's approval. And then the Bank of England's got to approve it, and this guy's got to approve it, and everybody and their dog. So you can, there are people that say the Brits killed the deal. Otherwise, Lehman would still be alive. I don't know if that's any truth to that, but it makes a good story. And it gives me another chance to kick the Brits. Uh, but there's not, we've got a shortage of Brits today. Um, normally we have more. But um, this seminar that I've worked on, this is my 20th year, my 20th anniversary of coaching, it will be May this year, is devoted to high-performance people. Some of you in this room are high-performance. Some of you are more high-performance than others. Some of you are not high-performance, and you want to be a high-performance person. Some of you pretend to be high-performance and are not. So we have a, a potpourri of experience, and we have a potpourri of success. Uh, and uh, in my judgment, it's really Pandora's box that you're about to open, because you're going to find out within 36 hours from today whether this is really for you. Now, for the ones that have come back two, three times, etc., either they really want to be a high performance and or they want to be a higher high performance or they're fucking stupid and they haven't gotten it. We have those occasionally uh, and I still try my best and try to pull them along, uh, push them along, kick them along and some of you will have foot marks on your chest before you leave here. Some will have your my foot mark up your arse, as they say in England. Uh, and some of you will have foot marks on your face. Because I will do whatever it takes. And for those of you that know me a long time, I don't really give a shit if you like me. It doesn't make a fuck to me. Because I am probably the only person that you've ever met that really, when he says, I don't give a fuck if anybody likes me, I'm telling the truth. Because I don't. Because like and friends are problems. They are like fucking albatrosses on your neck. And we have a couple of people here that want to be like, not even like, they want to be fucking loved. If my children, and one of my children have, has been through the seminar, my, my youngest son, the MBA genius, he knows. I say, and we were in China with a, a very successful family, and he's in the back seat and I'm sitting in the front seat, and the sons are talking back and forth. And he said, you know, my father loves me, this and that and this and that. And he said, what about your dad? And they know I'm sitting in the front seat. And they said, my dad's goal is he doesn't care if we love him when he dies, only that we respect him. That's it. I don't give a shit about the love. And moms can't turn loose. Your children, for those of you, not just the women, I'm, I'm not just pointing at the moms, are fucked up because of you. Self-esteem is built the first six to eight years of life. Who has the child the first six to eight years of life? Unfortunately, who? Mom. So who fucks him up? Mom. Now, to be politically correct, dad stay home. This dad wouldn't. But I mean, dad stay home now and change diapers. I've changed one fucking diaper in my life. Dan Jr. had shit rolling down the inside of his leg and somebody at a meeting, I had to take him to a, no, the meeting was at our house. 
And they said, Dan, isn't gonna, somebody going to change the diaper? And the nanny was gone for some reason. She went to the market or something. So I took him into the kitchen, holding him up by one leg, turned on the water, took his diaper off, and washed him, holding him by his foot, washed him down like this. Then I flopped him down on the cold sink. Uh, we had stainless steel sink top. And I still remember him looking up at me like as if to say, you don't know what the fuck you're doing, Dad. You know? And I kind of wrapped him up. I put the, uh, I put the nappy on backwards. And so then my wife came home later and the nanny and I were going, oh my God, my God. I left the shit where it dropped on the floor. Didn't, didn't clean it up. Screamed at the great dames, don't eat that shit! So I'm going to be the last person that you want to leave your kid with. <laughs> the last. The last. Okay. <clears throat> Shalom, salam, begates. Hey, dude. Maki shot. Salute. And as they say here, fuck yous in Scotland. And they give you a Glaswegian kiss. They give you a fucking headbutt. Okay. Now, the Glaswegians and the Scots in general are fairly bigoted. And so I feel very comfortable being here. And um, when I make uh, slanderous remarks about different ethnic groups, it's not meant to, except for when I do it for the Romanians, I mean it. But I mean everybody else other than the gypsies, I don't mean it. I'm just doing it because it makes good copy. I'm doing it because it's, we're on film now and this is going to be moralized and then put in my time capsule. But welcome to my home, Guthrie Castle. This is the perfect metaphor for yesterday's dreams or today's realities. And when we talk about goal setting and dreams, this was a dream of mine in uh, March, April 1983, and I moved in in August of 84. Ladies and gentlemen, once upon a time you had a dream. You saw life as an exciting challenge, and you took a gutsy, chan a gutsy chance. You made a terrifying leap into the unknown and survived the experience, the sweet taste of victory. I don't know when it was, but I do know you did it. Otherwise, you would not be sitting in this room. Perhaps it was a death-defying skateboard or a bike trick. Maybe it was climbing the tallest tree in the park or asking uh, someone out for your first date. Many of you will have at one time taken the frightening step of starting your own business, stacking all the chips on the table and betting everything uh, you own on your ability to win. Whatever you did, you took what I call a quantum leap. You challenged the world and you were invincible. You fought, you dared, and you won. Then something happened to you. You allowed self-doubt to pierce your armor. You listened to the naysayers of this world and started to believe them. You started to question your abilities. What if my success was just a fluke? Maybe I was just lucky. Supposing I can't repeat the stunt. You started to falter, you started to doubt. In short, you stopped playing to win and you start playing not to lose. I'm here to tell you <clears throat> that there is a very big difference between playing to win and playing not to lose. It's the difference between super success and lukewarm mediocrity, between winning the game of life and losing or barely surviving. The seminar has one purpose only, to rekindle and strengthen within you the searing flame of desire. Desire to make another quantum leap, then another and another until you reach stratospheric levels of success and leave the competition behind you in the dust. This seminar is about making you really and truly believe in yourself like you've never done before. Forcing you to recall the time when you acted as if they had no limits to your abilities. When you leapt the chasm and landed victorious 
on the other side. More importantly, this seminar is about daring, fighting, and winning. I want to tell you at the offset that there is no success without risk, no fighting without action, and no winning without sacrifice. If you're not willing to dare to take decisive action and sacrifice many aspects of your normal life, then this seminar is not for you. I'm here to say you, can't have, you cannot have it all. And whoever the fuck told you you can have it all is a lying cunt. Get off script a little, because I get emotional about that. I'm here to say you can't have it all. And any touchy-feely silk suit guru who tells you otherwise is wrong and hasn't done it himself. Because if you're willing to listen and learn, if you're prepared to avoid the company of morons and ignore conventional wisdom, if you will join with me and look at the world straight in the eye, dare it to stand in your way and take powerful, decisive action, then each and every one of you can become more, much more successful than you are. This is not some happy, slappy, feel-good, rah-rah rally. I'm not here for you to like me. If you want a friend, buy a dog. I'm here to tell you how to load your pockets with so much money ripped out of your business or the business you yet to form that they need a crane to haul it out. If I have to slap, kick, punch, and drag you over the finish line, then that's what I'll do. I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm going to call you names and sometimes act like a nasty drill sergeant. I'll, I'll, I'll be up here doing whatever it takes to make you realize one thing. You've been too comfortable. You pumped your sorry ass down on a comfy chair a long time ago and have all but forgotten the warrior you once were. My task over the next week is to get you out of that armchair and turn you into a lean, mean fighting machine, ready to take on the world, ready to make your own quantum leap personally in all aspects of your life, and ready to haul away cash in the tens of millions or more. I trust you will listen carefully to my message. And remember, you came here for me to challenge your limits, and I will, not to like or love me. I strongly suggest you keep that in mind, or it will be an extremely tough week. It will be tough enough without any extra burdens. My job, my goal, my ambition is to get your ambition to achievement. Some of your ambitions are small. So for those of you that have small ambition, it's to make them grow. Some of you, some of your ambitions are, are grandiose, not beyond comprehension, but beyond the realities of the things that you're doing to make them happen. I want to be a billion dollar company. We've had people sit in this room. They can't spell fucking billion. I'm going to be a billion dollar company. Out of one side of their mouth and the other side of their mouth, we're fucking lucky to be here. Okay, we're going to not tone down your goals and ambition, but show you how to put structure behind it so you can attain them. Pennyism, QLA privilege, work, a lot of fucking work. Most of you don't work hard enough. Some of you don't want to work harder. That's your choice. That's not me. Some of you are comfortable. Made a few bob. A bob means a few dollars, a few euros, or whatever. Um, Michael Milken. Is everybody old enough to know who Michael Milken was, the junk pond guy? Junk ponds? Yeah. Okay. Michael Milken and I are contemporaries. He's a year younger than I am. He went to a rival high school about a, a mile from me. Uh, uh, he was, he was uh, relatively poor. I was very poor. He was just relatively poor. 
But he was being interviewed on something equivalent to 60 Minutes many years ago. And uh, he's the guy that paid a billion, 300 million fine when the uh, Security Exchange Commission, etc., said that he was manipulating markets. And he went to jail, legend has it, so his brother Lowell wouldn't have to go to jail. But anyway, they asked him, how are you so experienced at age 46, Mr. Milken? He said, well, I'm really not that experienced. He said, listen, I work 365 four days a year. Whatever the highest holy Jewish day is, uh, Yom Kippur or whatever the high holy one is, he takes off. I work 20 to 22 hours a day. He only had to sleep two hours a day. If you take seven days a week times even 20 hours a day times the 23 years that he had been working at that time, he's 88 years old. So he's really got 70 years experience or 60 years experience as opposed to 20. I'm similar, except I needed more than two hours sleep. And for years, I never took one day off. He took one. He was, he was kind of a, a lazy guy. Michael, if you see this, you're not lazy, but I'm just, it sounds good for copy, you know? Now just compare that to your miserable fucking lives. We had a board meeting here the other day. And one of the guys, 36 years old, was so stressed that when he got home, he took the whole day off and stayed in bed and slept, I'm told. What the fuck? If I'd, I'm embarrassed to even say it, that I would even consider being in business with somebody that's a fucking bum like that. We didn't do anything that day during the board meeting. Board meeting was, what, what four or five hours? We didn't do anything. And he had to go home and rest, take the day off and sleep. If I was his father, I'd be embarrassed. I'd disown him. It's like in the movie uh, and, uh, the King of Thrones, that program on TV. You are not my son. <laughs> Get the fuck out, he tells the dwarf, the midget guy. You are not my son. What? I can't, I can't. Uh, when I start talking about why, uh, in my opinion, by the way, I've been telling some people in this room that Cyprus was going to collapse. I think I told you too. And all the net scum and all the bums and all the crooks from uh, uh, Belarus, they all put their money there. Well, now it's gone. Then what you tell every, that everything will collapse. So we have no, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't say everything will collapse. But I've been saying Cyprus for 15 years. <laughs> I'm kidding. And for those of you that lost money in Cyprus, Fuck you, you deserved it. And that goes for you on the film. <clears throat> Success requires no explanation. Failure must uh, be doctored with alibis. I hear a lot of alibis in this room. When I have private time, the Romanians are best for alibis. Alibi must have started as a Romanian word. <laughs> okay? You know, I don't have to make excuses. My track record's on my website. I've done about 35 billion euros in deals, which is about 30. Four billion more than you've done. I'm being kind. Okay. 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 I used to say, my wife has lost more net worth in fur coats at airports than you've made. Now I can say jewelry and fur coats. And it's all about expectations. But I, when you start with these alibis, I'm not interested. Because the real truth is nobody else is interested. But political correctness is you, you listen. Oh, really? Gee, that's it. I'm not interested. Next. 
Because when you listen to bullshit, listen to this one hard, Father. When you listen to bullshit and you say nothing, you're giving tacit approval that it's all fucking okay. When it's not okay. So when you listen to bullshit, whether it's a government minister and you don't say, fuck you, minister, you're giving tacit approval. And you want to know why your kids are fucked up? Because a whole two generations have been raised, you just listen, you don't correct them, da 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 da. And now look at what we got left. I don't, whether it's in an email, uh, a Skype, or whatever, I never just sit by and listen. I tell you when I say you're full of shit, I tell you nobody's going to believe that. I, I tell you, straight up. And that's when your little feelings, because your little egos and little self-image and little self-esteem is non-fucking-existent. I have more self-esteem in this fucking toe that I broke a few weeks ago than this whole room has. In my toe. Could that well, because you don't have any. Most of your self-images are shit. And you wonder why you can't convince somebody of something. Or you wonder why you put up with bullshit. But we're going to show you how to fix all that. We're going to fix it. Being satisfied, we will never find out how much we can accomplish. This really is pointed at the ones that have made a few dollars in the room, as little as you've made. But um, because you have deluded yourself, you've deluded yourself into believing that. Um, You've arrived, more or less. You've arrived. Well, you haven't. You haven't even got on the bus yet. That's the truth of the matter. You haven't even got on the bus. Um, and um, again, when we talk about goals, and you see where, where I started. See, when you're happy, you don't change. And even though you say you're not happy, you are happy. You know, some of you in this room, even though you, you've got a lot of alibis, you take two, three months off, you travel around, fuck around, you go different places. I mean, uh, it's beyond my comprehension. It just is. It's, yes? Um, but you can be... Oh, okay. If you, okay, okay. Chip, chip. Yeah. Let's not start off on the wrong foot here. Okay. <laughs> I'm not interested in because you got uh, multiple sclerosis and you got to go and you make your bones warm. I don't give a shit about that. Nobody else in this room gives a shit. Okay? Okay, so stop. Stop. We don't yeah. give a fuck. Okay. See, because if I listen to them, then some of it's going to leak into your fucking weak little brain. And you're going to believe, it. why didn't Dan stop him? So I don't. I've learned, especially with him. Okay, and he's successful. So if I beat a successful guy, just wait until I get around to you. With all his uh, um, bad traits, and he's got as many more than the whole room put together, he's still successful. So, but my, my goal is to try to eliminate some of those bad shit so he can be more successful. And when you have pain, you change. We make, we change in our lives for two different reasons. Uh, inspiration or desperation. And there aren't too many inspired people in this room. That's a good place. 